0: diplomats, representing many nations, gather in Washington to express the gratitude of a world freed at last from the terrors of global war. This
1: is the 11th annual presentation of this heartwarming event, and we're sure that the message will be ever welcome.
2: In behalf of the Bolivian children, I wish a happy New Year. My good friends, a
0: happy New Year to all the people in India. Happy New Year from all the children in Denmark.
2: Happy New Year from the children of Holland. Happy New Year from the children of Columbus. Happy New Year from the children from our Salvador. To what my sweet and of happy, happy New Year.
0: Don't meaning happy, happy New Year from the children of China. Good to the children of the we wish you all a happy new year. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Omaha, Nebraska, is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how's it going? It's going extremely cold. Yes, <laughs> it is extremely cold. I'm actually out in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a little bit so- south of Omaha, but not south enough right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, well,
1: I mean, even in even down here in Texas, we're supposed to be getting a, a cold snap, but it's not going to be in the like the zeros like you guys are. Yeah, well, thanks for reminding me, Mr. Down South over there in Arlington,
0: <laughs> Texas. We've got the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. It's it's nice to be back after a little a little break for the holidays here, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. How was all your, you guys' holidays? Mine was
2: great. It was uh, great to see a lot of uh, people. My sister was uh, in town, and, uh, you know, we'd just been... Going over and seeing all kinds of different relatives all the time. It's been it's been good to relax and take a break for sure.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Definitely. Yeah, my, mine was pretty good down here. Uh, it was pretty low key. We decided in our family this year that we weren't really going to do like the big Christmas shopping thing, uh, mm-hmm. which it was odd not to really have any presents to open on Christmas. But on the other hand, like we weren't out there in the traffic and the um, you know. Everyone was a little bit broke this year, so it was kind of a a relief for Mm -hmm. everyone that, you know, woke up on Christmas Day and had a Bloody Mary and watched Trading Places with my mom. And, yeah, it was fun. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And, Brendan, you dealt with some
0: family illness, didn't you, a little bit?
2: Oh, well, that is for sure. We've definitely been – I think a lot of people have been feeling those uh, seasonal, uh, you know, bugs that have been going
1: around. Oh, This thing was like Captain Trips, (laughs) like everybody across the country was getting it.
0: Dude, I'm still knocking on this wooden desk I'm sitting at over here because right. I haven't received any of it. I mean, I did get a. <laughs> I I usually don't get a flu shot, and this year I got a flu shot and I got a shot to see my nephew that was born in September. And man, I you know everyone in my job around me has been sick, but I haven't gotten it yet. Right. So, you All know.
2: right. Well, uh, we'll. Be waiting for your blood sample. We're gonna need some of that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, He's
1: got the the mutant healing factor or something. Well, please.
0: I'm I'm gonna finish out 2017 strong, t- just so I can <laughs> die in 2018. You know.
1: <laughs> well, and that's a that's a good uh, that's a good segue, I think, because I I think what we wanted to do with this episode was just kind of do a a year end roundup. We're recording on the the 30th of December, um, here at the ass end of 2017, and. <laughs> You know, I think it'd be kind of cool if we could go over some of the some of the I'm going to say highlights. But what I mean is, you know, things that really stuck out to us this year and, you know, take it out on like a big, you know, year end high note, hopefully. But um, we can we can start on something positive, too, because, Chuck, I thought your perspective on what happened in 2017 that really stuck out to you was cool.
0: That's right, Matt. You know, I I think that 2017 was pretty amazing to me because this is one of the first times I've felt a significant increase in political awareness from yeah. people and
1: civic participation.
0: Civic participation and activism 100%. I mean, You know, I had the opportunity to go to the D.C. climate change march, and that was incredible. And I'm sure that the people that went to the women's march can attest to, you know, just the overwhelming positive energy you felt being a part of these things and just seeing people out in the streets trying to make their voice heard. So to me, that was pretty uplifting.
1: Shout out to our friend Danielle O'Farrell who joined us earlier this year to discuss uh, going to the going to the women's march. Um, That's right. You know there was that. Uh, I think uh, even the dark side of this, which is you know we've seen this rise of uh, overt white supremacy and uh, like ethno nationalism in the country. Right. You know there were still people at Charlottesville who uh, were you know demonstrating against the Tiki torch march. Uh, And then the obviously the counter protesters at the like the next day rally um, just absolutely dwarfed them. And we've seen that a couple of different places, like when they marched, when they decided to have their little free speech bullshit hootenanny in in Boston. (laughs) And it was like six guys on a gazebo surrounded by 30,000 screaming uh, like progressives and leftists was, you know, that's that's a (laughs) sight to behold. Right. Truly, Well.
2: And I think one of the crazy things is you see all these stats now about how like more people are running for, you know, office and like th- like three times the number of women then ran, you know, in the last year right. are registering for all these upcoming races. And I've even noticed a lot of people getting involved and saying like, well, you know what, like the Democrats wouldn't even run a candidate for state legislator in my district. So like w- uh, maybe I will like, why not? Right. Sure. Um, yeah. And just tons of people doing stuff like that. People running for like city council and things um, where, you know, you wouldn't really see sn- that necessarily before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my notes here and uh, you know, also in this category are the, the sort of impromptu protests that happened, Across the country at airports when the first iteration of the travel ban was enacted, you know, mm-hmm. and people out there, you know, holding up just like, you know, welcome to America signs and just completely shutting down um, how, you know, how the, how the airport was running because it's, it's such like terrible racist bullshit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brendan, to your point, also, uh. You know, it's not just it's not just women who are running, but it's it's all sorts of minorities. And, you know, in the uh, the Virginia uh, House of Delegates election, um, you had Danica Rome, um, the the first transgender uh, state representative elected there, who we we talked about her uh, a couple of episodes ago you know explicitly ran on a like an anti this guy this guy's pushing a bathroom bill i'm pushing like infrastructure and things that actually affect your material conditions as a voter and she won she unseated like the you know third or fourth highest ranked uh republican in in the state house so um yeah it, i think you're right chuck the you know it's it's easy to get bogged down in the cynicism and, you know, just the horrible shit that's coming out of the White House and out of Congress. Uh, but people are – people are woken up, you know. It's almost like Susan Sarandon was right, you know. It's like the accelerationists <laughs> were right that – Right. The, the, way, the way you get people to actually advocate for change is you have to put them in a situation where, you know, like life and limb are on the line. Well, and where, you know, education
0: – is a result. And shout out to one of our earlier guests, Qasem Rashid, this year, because I felt like he was doing a lot of that out on social media. Absolutely. And, you know, definitely kind of a part of the re-education of Americans <laughs> to what it means to be a Muslim in the United States. So you, bet. you know, that definitely goes in with kind of the travel ban issues and those kind of things. So he's been on the front lines, definitely.
1: Yeah, we had we had several guests this year who were who were getting involved in that kind of thing. Uh, there's Kasim, Um Also, uh, John Levitt, who joined us from New York to talk about his work with uh, doing specifically like messaging and education stuff with the the New York chapter of the the DSA. Um, we talked to Cooper Branson, who's out there in Oregon, like literally defending um, Antifa And other, you know, leftist and progressive like monkey renters, people who get arrested for um, doing things like the Standing Rock protest or something like that. And that's That's the work that he does. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've had the the pleasure and the um, blessing of being able to host some of these folks. And I I think that's accelerating. I think going into the twenty eighteen, you know, it's an election year and everybody is all fired up, I think. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for us to highlight that kind of story. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Also, Nestor, too, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, Nestor. Yeah, Nestor with the the Nebraska Antifa chapter. Yeah,
0: who were interviewed by Newsweek.com as well. Those guys are really active, or fellows, you know. Yeah. <laughs> guys, gals, yeah uh, gender neutral sorry absolutely
2: (laughs) comrades Chuck, comrades comrades. there we go
0: there we go but yeah so it's been it's been a great year looking back on it in terms of you know the people that liquid flannel have been highlighting throughout the year throughout this inaugural year of uh the trump administration right (laughs) Right. well
2: and i think you know in in some ways, yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff this year. If you if you dig for it, <laughs> if you a dig, yeah. bit. We're,
1: we're trying to put <laughs> the blinders on, Brendan. It all okay. it all is no, no. I, I think that's that's a fair point because it is all largely in response to. You know, there was some, there was some truly awful shit that happened this year, you know.
2: Well, and I think uh, the perfect example of that is when I was like, oh yeah, we'll do like a year-end wrap-up episode. I'll look back and like, just be like, what were the top headlines of the year or whatever and stuff like that.
0: And get PTSD. Yeah,
2: well like, one of the number one things was like, I forgot this even happened. Um, And it was when-
1: It was the Hollyweed (laughs) sign, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, oh, that was so good. It was when that seal bit that girl- Woo! That was crazy. Right.
1: Um, hey, right? There was a there was like a baby giraffe or hippo born someplace. When Seal the
0: uh, star <laughs> singer, yeah, uh, with the hit song "Kissed by a Rose." Yeah, now you've been kissed girl. by a
1: rose and just bites your yeah. bites her throat. <laughs> Bid by a Rose. Yeah, you don't right. you Seals,
2: gotta give Seal space when he's performing. Seals, <laughs> right. Seal's
1: turn into an actual cannibal was a surprise of 2017, but it didn't even like hit the radar. It was like the it was like how the Pentagon admitted that there are aliens out there, and everyone was like. like Like, come back next year. We're too fucking busy for that. Right. (laughs) Right.
2: So, but so here's the headline. So, uh, Trump reveals highly classified information to Russian foreign minister and ambassador regarding uh, undercover spies uh, from uh, countries that are our allies. Oh,
1: God. Is that the Um, one where he was... Like, during a public statement, it was like, and I know everyone thinks that it was Israel that told me this, but it wasn't Israel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, that was like, I I was like- Standing I Standing
1: c- next to Netanyahu. Yeah.
2: Great. When I read that, I was like, I remember that that happened. And I was like, this is crazy. And then two weeks later, people were like, forgot that that- even happened yeah Uh, that's the kind of year it's been when a crazy headline like that is like oh yeah i forgot oh yeah trump fired the fbi director like that happened this (laughs) year like it seems like it was it was so long ago
1: yeah i mean it's it's the whole this whole year has been that um like shock the naomi const uh like shock doctrine thing where you know the hits just keep coming Oh, uh, Klein. Klein! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm getting my uh, uh, complicated first N names and K starting. Last you names, and those N confused. words, dude. Yeah, You've got a history, <laughs> trouble history. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Naomi Klein, it's- not Nomiki Const. Um, right. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the L on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Naomi Klein like shock doctrine thing where. The, the hits just keep coming. Nobody has time to really reflect on anything. And, you know, you you can see that in the way the media covers this stuff where every new thing is like, oh, man, this is going to be our story of the year, you know, and they, right. they jump on it immediately and do exactly the thing that they did during the 2016 election where every outrageous thing Trump covers, like, well, we've got it said we got to cover this, you know, like uh this is going to be the thing that sinks his candidacy and we've got to be in there. And then just two days later, something even more outrageous happens. And, um, yeah, people, people get really tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's it well, news.
0: With. Shocking news has a incredibly short shelf life, shelf life these days. You
1: know, yeah. That's what, yeah. That's I mean, uh, it is. Uh, it, uh, one of my, one of my items for this year was, um, America's sweetheart, Anthony Scaramucci you know the movie who was like he was hilarious he was he was gonna be America's um like angry tiny dog uh for (laughs) you know as soon as he got that job and then he was out of there in 10 days and he's just gonna he's just gonna disappear I'm sure he's working some uh some primo consultancy job at this point because he got to be in the White House for 10 days and just made a total ass of himself like You know, called uh what was it, like the New Yorker, uh high on Coke and told them that Steve Bannon sits around all day practicing how to suck his own cock. I mean, Was he high on Coke? I that that might be a libelous statement. I mean it's it's issued with no malice. Yeah, he if
2: he wasn't if he wasn't on coke, he should lie and say that he was (laughs) because that would be a better explanation of his behavior. Yeah, Uh, I'm surprised that he didn't like like, a good idea. Let me write this shit down. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't immediately like I'm checking myself into a substance abuse program or whatever. (laughs) Like I'm not even doing drugs, but like I feel like this is just an easy out for me right now.
1: We made the joke when we were covering it earlier this year that he's totally just. The that '80s businessman guy from that Futurama episode, where it's like you know, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> right, <laughs> cocaine, cocaine. You're not looking yeah. at the big picture, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was another story where it was like blink and you missed it. Um, you you were, you're like this is the craziest thing that's ever happened in American politics, and it's like now
0: it's like ah, it's just another Tuesday, man. Right. Well, and people caught on to that to the point where. A scare, a Scaramucci was used in the same. It, in the same way that umbop was used in the '90s, literally to denote time, you know, it was just like, you know, in the blink of a scaremooch or in one scaremooch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. The people moment started was lost. saying like, you know, this guy
1: didn't. This guy didn't even last like three scaremooches yeah. in office. Right. Yeah.
2: In an umbop, he was gone. And Seriously, not there.
0: <laughs> Seriously, in an umbop. You know, I mean, that was the other thing about this year is there. There were so many new phrases and terminology i mean we had Kofefe, <laughs> which didn't seem to go away for a long time i mean i was even guilty of using that as part of my twitter name for a right? little while but well i mean it was super um,
1: funny for about 48 hours and then <laughs> right you know just the the next thing that you know the the day that sarah huckabee sanders tweeted just absolute gibberish because obviously her phone was on in her pocket or something and the response oh, yeah, right. it was like This is about the most intelligent thing that's ever come out of that office.
2: Right. Oh, dude, my favorite was Sean Spicer after the covfefe happened that they were like, what is covfefe Sean Spicer? And like, what does that mean? And Sean Spicer, (laughs) instead of just saying like it was a typo, was like, I think the people people who know if you know
1: what it means, then, you know, you're in the know or whatever. A
0: few people that know exactly what that meant. (laughs) It was like he was was trying to turn it into
1: a meme. (laughs) <laughs> um, knowing that, you know, like, oh, maybe the, he, he's up there, like, sweating, you know, doing the, like, Rodney Dangerfield, like, pulling at his collar. And he's like, maybe yeah. the 4chan kids will bail me out on this and, like, turn it into, a like, a white supremacist meme. And, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, that would actually be better than the, the answer you went with.
2: Well, and I think it is amazing that they will say, like, yes, Trump's tweets are official statements, like, from the... From the president, like, right. they are his official public statements right? Uh, from, <laughs> right. you know, him, him as the president, um, and yet he still will, like, typo things and delete them, like, five times, and it's like, you can't do right. that, like, you can't <laughs> yeah. delete your public statements. No, that
1: shit's going into your presidential library. He's like, really? It's gonna be you? archived. <laughs> 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 Including all of the ones that, I mean, that... It was a nice thing this year that we discovered that, yes, there literally is one old Donald Trump tweet uh, that shows that he's just a total hypocritical, insane liar um, for every topic he ever talks about. You know you know, always just go sure. back a few years And he'll be on the complete opposite side Of that topic mm-hmm. Yeah
2: oh I mean it is almost amazing that he hasn't Deleted them I mean I think people Expected him to like before He's president it's like Lord just fresh start Or whatever it's like no you could Go back to like 2013 When he's like Kristen Stewart should totally dump You know <laughs> right. douchebag Robert Pattinson everyone knows that
1: he cheated On her or whatever um, Right
2: and he's just like, no, just leave it up. That's uh, That's just keeping it real, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, uh, before we take a, a brief break, Chuck, to your point about political engagement and um, civic activism and um, the, the kinds of demonstrations that we saw across the country, I think we shouldn't leave out uh, the Juggalos. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not sure. Not sure why they demonstrated. Not sure exactly what was going on there. Uh, no, we know why they demonstrated. Well, they told us why. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because they were they were protesting, man. They were protesting their FBI designation as a <laughs> right. gang,
2: <laughs> right? As like a dangerous gang, in fact. Yeah, Not, seriously. Yeah. Um, which I I kind of agree with the jugs on this one, man. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I don't really think they should be classified as a dangerous street gang,
0: <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're. I mean, they're. They're really only a hazard to themselves. And even then, it's like you know, it's it's good natured fun. That's right. fine.
2: I mean, I I feel like people who do like backyard wrestling are probably much more dangerous. Or like those people <laughs> who are those people where they like buy like just a ton of guns. Like those people maybe are maybe a little bit more dangerous than people who just listen to white rap. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. The uh, like the real world version of uh, Reba McIntyre in Tremors is like nowhere near as cool as Reba McIntyre was in Tremors. It's, like way scarier. There are probably some really bizarre political beliefs and like religious mm, practices yeah. wrapped up in all of that.
2: Well, you won't be singing Jeez. that tune when the Tremors come, buddy. You're be-
1: the Graboids. Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Let's keep right. it scientifically accurate. <laughs> For we'll sure. take a break. We'll come back with uh, some more some more uh, uh, chart-topping hits from the year of Our Lord 2017.
0: We don't see anything, Val. So what the hell are you talking about? Over. Bert. They're under the ground! They're under the ground!
1: They can dig like a son of a bitch! Big monster! Underground! Now get out! Hurry!
2: Jesus Christ. so did you guys see that trump was saying i have done the most bills of like any president ever
1: Oh yeah, it was that uh, that recent New York Times interview that was just oh yeah it, it, it's unclear whether he's just flagrantly lying about everything or if he actually just right if this is a result of how his staff only ever brings him good news about himself <laughs> right.
2: I think what he thinks is that anytime he signs literally anything, if they're like, hey, here's the receipt for your dry cleaning or whatever he's like he thinks that's a bill. Yeah, like right. Anytime he signs his name on He's something. He's like,
0: it is a bill.
2: For this dry cleaning bill.
0: Yeah. Someone has has to describe the difference between a bill and an invoice <laughs> right. to him.
2: He's like, yeah, I passed, I passed so many bills this year. I was going to my own golf resort paying bills left and right. <laughs> right. Right. So many bills were passed across my desk. You have no idea. Hundreds of millions. Let's look back on his actual bills. So... He tried to do a bunch of executive orders. Some of them, like the travel ban, like kind of worked a little bit. A lot of them were just nothing where he was like, I signed an executive order to build the wall. Right. So like mission accomplished. Yeah, I
1: mean, lots of (laughs) of unfunded mandates coming out of that office for sure.
2: Early on in the year, they were like, all right, easy. Let's get the easy stuff out of the way first. Everybody knows that the main Republican goal here is to repeal... Obamacare. Yeah. Yep. And then Trump was like, well, no, repeal and replace, remember? We're going to repeal it and replace it.
1: Sure. Big campaign trail promise.
2: Probably on the same day, you know, if not the same hour. They were trying to get that one done and they just couldn't quite get it across the finish line. And like, I think that was a huge deal. I mean, I don't think anybody expected coming into the Trump administration or any Republican administration that they wouldn't just repeal Obamacare. I mean, they have literally been saying that they were like, for day one, that's the first thing we're going to do. They've been hitting that one for literally eight years by that point Well, yeah
1: i mean under obama what the house of representatives voted on that like a hundred times the house of representatives officially repealed obamacare just scores of times and
2: oh yeah just passed it and then obama's like i guess i'm not gonna sign this one sorry
1: well i mean like the (laughs) senate never reconciled the bill like they never sent a bill to the to the oval office right
2: well and in another amazing Thing from this year is that It was one of those moments where politicians Accidentally told the truth And they would say things like Well why did you not pass Obamacare repeal when you passed it literally like 60 times or whatever While Obama was president he's like well it's a little bit Different when you know what you're doing Is like actually going to have an impact when you know it's
1: actually gonna happen right yeah right
2: it's like is that was that what your campaign ads said once i'm elected i'll definitely not do any of this stuff right right but they were able to turn it around and then after their embarrassing obamacare failure they were able to cobble together a ridiculous tax bill with obamacare repeal in it yeah according to trump anyway
1: right that's it's a good pivot because yeah they didn't repeal obamacare in the tax care bill but what they got rid of was the health insurance mandate which was the one part of that bill that nobody really liked but it's also the only thing that it's the keystone of that legislation like all of the other stuff doesn't work if you don't have a bunch of healthy people who have insurance, right. now you don't have to. There won't be a tax penalty for that.
2: Where they did not repeal the pre-existing conditions ban. So, technically now, I mean, after this tax bill like st- is enacted and people will be able to say, like, no, I don't want any health insurance and there's no penalty for me not having health yeah. insurance. If they get sick, they have to go and then the people have to say, like, well, I guess we have to give you health insurance now even though you have this pre-existing condition or whatever. And that was the entire goal of the individual mandate is to avoid that situation, right? And they did absolutely nothing to address that. So, you know, people get sick and it makes more sense for them to have health insurance because people are going to get sick. It, It happens.
0: But this also shows what they like to do in general, which is to cripple something, cripple an institution that they don't like, make it so ineffectual that it ends up failing in some way, and then they can just blame it, you know.
1: Absolutely. Blame it on their opponent. And you can see that in immediately after this tax bill got passed, and they know that it's just gonna completely explode the deficit, immediately, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are out there going, well, it looks like we're gonna be in a hole, folks. We probably need to start, you know, looking at uh, Medicare and Social Security. Like, we just don't have the money to pay for that. Yep austerity we're gonna try the state of kansas austerity model which worked out so fucking brilliantly for for them on a nationwide basis and well it did work
0: great for sam brown back because he got a promotion yeah right
1: you know (laughs)
2: yeah exactly it's great how it works for those those people at the top it's it's amazing how it does so well for them
1: right and it's true that you can look at his his legislative achievements what Congress actually got done in the first year of his presidency but what they did get done was this major piece of class warfare you know just funneling more and more money upward and that matches the stuff that kind of did fly under the radar which is all of the regulatory changes that have been made that is actually under the, the executive office. It's in the, the administrative, kind of the, the fourth branch of government, the unofficial right. fourth branch. Mm. So, you know, just some highlights from that. Got rid of a rule that barred employers from taking their employees' tips. Hired uh, Mick Mulvaney, who has hated the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau since it was started in the aftermath of the 2007 crash. As its interim leader, a, a guy who absolutely wants to get rid of it. Hired Rick Perry as, you know... Rick Perry is Secretary of Energy. Betsy DeVos, who actually profits from private education to be the Secretary of Education so that she can just completely gut the public education state. Scott Pruitt who has lobbied on behalf of the fossil fuel industry to the head of the fucking EPA.
2: <laughs> right. One of the other stories from this year is how many of those people that Trump has appointed have been like lavishly flying around on private jets and billing the government To the point where several of them have now had to resign because of that after, you know, failing at accomplishing anything in their in their jobs, except cause a bunch of infighting in these organizations that they're supposed to be running. But really, their entire role is to just run them straight into the ground.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, under the same administration. Yeah. okay. so we we got rid of the the one mechanism that made the closest thing that we had to people being covered by health insurance reliably work. And meanwhile, the uh, children's health insurance program expired. And Congress has no plans to revisit that. And we're talking about millions of kids across the country who were relying on this a government entitlement right. that our taxes have paid for or theoretically have paid for. And they just... Just didn't refund it.
2: Right. Here's what I see happening in 2018 because it's tough to see like kind of where do they go from here now that they've passed tax reform. You mentioned that Paul Ryan was saying like, oh, we need to get entitlement reform on the agenda and start slashing Medicare and Medicaid. But then Mitch McConnell from the Senate side came out and was like, yeah, there's not a lot of appetite to start doing that in an election year oh, yeah. to be the party running on cutting benefits for like old people, that's not a good look. No. So it's unclear what they're going to do. But I think it's very possible that Republicans could start coming to Democrats and saying, hey, let's get together and pass The children's health insurance thing Mm. and then Democrat and then Republicans are going to go out there and be like, see, we're the best.
1: We saved it or whatever. It's all thanks to us. And Democrats are absolutely going to fucking take the bait. They will do that because to them, they can't think. It's like
2: they care about children. It's it's, so it's it's such a weakness. It's not
1: that, though, (laughs) because there are procedural moves that they can do. They could they could build. Uh, like a DACA right. reinstatement into the children's health insurance plan and then campaign for on sure. it. You know, it would never pass. And then shut down the government or yeah, whatever until they pass absolutely. it. Which is what they should have done. <laughs>
0: That's the other thing, though, about Democrats is that they promised that they were going to shut down the government if there wasn't provisions for DACA. And then they went ahead and decided not to shut it down. Right. They're like, Kick well, can w- down we can't yeah. shut the government down. I mean, we just can't do that. It's like, but your opponents will. Yeah. And so you're just giving them all the power. Yeah. Way to lose. See,
2: the Democrats are waiting for the day before tax day to shut the government down. It's all about timing, man.
0: (laughs) Right. That'd be great.
1: Chuck, what you're describing is a term that I've heard thrown around a lot lately, which is called unilateral disarmament. Yeah. Where one side is like, this war is ridiculous. We can't keep doing this. And the other side's like, oh, this is going to be really easy because they're not shooting back anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I want to get into, in our last segment, maybe do a couple of predictions for the new year. I think that's all the bad news out of the Trump administration we need to handle for this because there was some good news on the front of cool media this year or things that happened in the media. And I wanted to lead off with Chance the Rapper, who... Because the Grammys kind of relaxed their rules on, you know, you don't have to be a signed artist to win a Grammy. One walked away with three Grammys, and he's like, relative household name at this point for some actually outstanding music that maybe wouldn't have gotten to us otherwise, because he just decided to release it online. Right, right. A good year for uh, people of color in media generally, too. Jordan Peele's film Get Out came out this year. Yes. Which I loved and...
2: Could be getting some Oscar love in the next year. That might
1: be interesting. Right. I think I even said on the show several months ago that if he doesn't get at least a nod. Best comedy. uh, uh, That was, what was that, the Golden Globes or something? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Best original screenplay. At least a nod for it would Mm -hmm. be not at all misplaced.
0: Well, yeah. And I think this year was the show Atlanta. And I mean, Glover had a great year all the way around. Oh, sure. For sure. A lot of artists, so... Yeah, there definitely was, you know, some great entertainment going on. Uh, some great disappointments with uh, the U.S. failing to qualify for the World Cup. Um, Ooh, that was oh, right. great. Ooh. Yeah. You know, opened up, you know, my outlook on soccer here probably for the next couple decades. So I was blame great.
2: Trump, honestly. It was, he couldn't keep it together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Let us down. Do you think that guy ever watches a sport? He doesn't seem like a sports fan to me. Oh yeah, he he took his son to a game and like abused him before a game or something. Not not a soccer game, but he 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 <laughs> only takes his sons out in public if he has a chance to publicly humiliate them. It doesn't matter what the event is, right? Yeah, like I mean, Obama used to fill out like his uh his Final Four brackets and stuff, you know. But yeah. like I've never heard Trump say anything about sports that wasn't in relation to people kneeling at nfl games
0: well he's a big fan of golf and tennis and those kind of sports so
2: yeah well and it's (laughs) going to be interesting because in 2018 russia is supposed to be hosting the world cup i guess trump's probably not going to be going to that one but maybe you know he does like to travel to russia and they're having the 2018 winter olympics In South Korea. Yeah, that's right. So that's going to be a real exciting watch, Uh, you guys. This weird
1: threat from the White House that no American athletes would be participating in the 2018 Winter Games. And everyone was like, what? That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Like, aren't we best friends with South Korea? you know what?
2: Russia has been pretty much banned from those winter games because of the doping scandal right so trump is almost being like in solidarity with russia who is my bff we're also protesting these games so yeah that would be pretty nuts if he went as far to do something like that
1: Mm. here's one for me that just occurred to me i think a thing that happened in the year 2017 was the death of the word scandal (laughs)
2: Oh, it's because of that Shonda Rhimes show is getting on in years, you know?
1: (laughs) I was thinking more because this stuff happens all the... Like, everything gets labeled a scandal at this point, so it becomes this euphemistic language where Russia got banned over a doping scandal. Like, no, Russia got fucking banned because they had... People who were taking like human growth hormone and whatever they gave Wolverine in the like Weapon X program, Jesus. right?
2: Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, they, <laughs> gamma radiation. It's not, to it's all not them.
1: a doping. It's it's a scandal, I guess. But that's such a, a bloodless way to right. put that. You know what happened was they were trying to build Terminator cyborgs to go and compete against regular human beings who actually, you know, like take care of their bodies and drink. I don't know what kale smoothie in the morning or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: yeah. well and one of the crazy things too is that the, the language it's like the media wants to use this language where they just say like oh it's a scandal like let's not like get into the details or whatever
1: or they think that the word scandal even carries right. any weight at this point but like every other day is a scandal right. and it's like you can't just say hey it's a scandal
2: and then not explain it because People go to the news to try to learn this stuff and I think the kind of the sexual harassment stuff that's been happening with kind of the Me Too movement sure. has suffered from that as well where they're just saying, well, so-and-so resigned in a sexual harassment scandal or there were accusations and they just leave it very vague. When then you go online and you read right. like the actual documents about the things that happened and you're like, they didn't say this at Oh, you know what I mean? Like, there right. are some mm-hmm. crazy things that are happening in there. And it's like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Who was it? Like, Matt Lauer had like a supervillain, like, automatically closing door for when, oh, he in- yeah. when he invited like interns into his office to make them like take their tops off oh, or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Horrifying things. And it's like, they just, they don't have, they feel like it's indecent to actually like say what's happening. And I think that is, is slowly changing and is going to have to change, especially as we get more these claims starting to come out and that it starts to get weaponized kind of where, you know, now they're saying like, hey, well we can just accuse anybody and they're they've got organizations like the Trump funded Project Veritas with James O'Keefe trying to get out there, yeah. <laughs> literally create fake news or whatever.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, if if they find somebody who's like, he's basically James O'Keefe, except he doesn't constantly trip over his own dick, it's going to be a serious problem.
2: <laughs> right. Absolutely. If yeah. they cover their tracks just 10% more. Uh, where it's not so blatantly obvious.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and that's part
0: of the thing. James O'Keefe's been around a while. Project Veritas has been around a while. But 2017 was definitely kind of the year of the fake news really stepping out
1: into the main stage. Well, I mean, like, (laughs) alternative facts was one of those hashtags that trended for... 25 seconds before the next most ridiculous thing came out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and I think it, it was kind of funny to see that Politifact does their like lie of the year award and this this year they gave it to Trump saying that Russia is fake news. They were like this is not fake news. Like this is a real thing that there's a real investigation right. that's mm-hmm. really happening. People have been charged with real
1: crimes. Even if it doesn't turn up with the thing that the hashtag resistance are hoping is going to happen that like everybody from Trump all the way down to the undersecretary for, like, racist relations or whatever is going to be, like, impeached and imprisoned forever. Like, the thing is still happening. The Mueller investigation... Proceeds apace. People are taking plea bargains. Yeah,
2: and I mean, it seems like that is definitely going to be happening in 2018 as well. I think we can definitely expect some more shoes to drop. Yeah, you bet. 2018, man, it's going to be a pretty rocky uh, roller coaster. It's not slowing down anytime soon.
1: I think I can get us out of media discussion to tie up a couple of threads here before we we take a break and then come back with maybe some predictions and maybe some resolutions if we have some GQ announcing Colin Kaepernick as their man of the year because that guy was right in the middle of Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different crossfire sports fans Trump fans Black Lives Matter he did kind of hold it down kept doing his charity work and kept not getting really gainfully employed right Uh, but I I do (laughs) I do admire the guy I admire GQ for making that choice they they absolutely must have known that that was going to catch them so much flack. And and they made the decision anyway, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, This year in media, it was good for women and it was good for minorities, not in the sense that media right now is good for women or minorities but yeah please but some (laughs) substantive steps were taken some things were brought to light i agree Brendan. i think 2018 that ball is just going to keep rolling absolutely
0: well why don't we take a break here and come back and get into a little bit of those predictions tonight on nightline 1985 three experts in the fields of economics sports and world affairs make some serious and not so serious predictions about the coming year Finally, the new year is traditionally a time to wonder what the future will bring. The trouble is, of course, predicting the future is not that easy. And to prove the point, the Smithsonian Institution has set up a display at a Chicago museum. As ABC's Chris Bury reports, it's a good thing 1985 will not be everything some visionaries thought it
1: would be. So for 2018, kind of uniting some of these threads uh, that we've talked about tonight, one of my big predictions is no, I don't think the media is going to learn a lesson. I mean, they did all through 2017 exactly what they did in 2016 and the whole campaign and everything where they're so they're so locked into the way it used to work that they don't recognize that, you know, you can't you can't just flat face, you know, with no editorial discretion, just report on the most outrageous thing that Trump did, but I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, the New York Times continues to just be a massive disappointment. Um, Failing. Oh, well, failing. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, Trump says that all the time and he's right, but for the wrong reasons, right? Like the New York Times is failing because they won't pick a side on anything. And in a... Like mm-hmm. the most divisive time in our country, when people literally aren't listening to each other because we're all getting just terrible information from uh from either direction. The New York Times is like, no, guys, we like we can be Switzerland in this whole thing. Um, never mind that, like, for some reason, everyone thinks it's cool that Switzerland was neutral in World War II instead of <laughs> being like mm-hmm. cowardly and actually pretty awful. So. So my big my big prediction for 2018 is that uh, all of our major media outlets are going to continue to just try to walk this middle line, um, do these softball interviews with administration officials without, you know, you don't want to lose access. So, like, we can't ask them the mm. hard questions. They're just going to keep doing that shit. But this isn't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to end the the year on a really negative note here, because I think the thing that's going to make up for that goes back to what Chuck brought up at the very top of the show, that people are engaged right now. We're seeing historic levels of civic engagement and people getting into politics for the first time who, you know, they see what's going on around them and they don't like it. And People are going to trust someone who's coming to your door and telling you, look, this is why you need to vote for this candidate. This is why you need to be a member of this party way more than they're ever going to cr- trust, you know, an MSNBC, you know, Rachel Maddow can be as snarky as she wants and as you know, kind of liberal friendly centrist as she wants. But, you know, the DSA is out there changing your brake lights so you don't get pulled over and shot by the cops. And I think right. I think that's gonna continue. I think that I think that snowball is all already rolling down the hill. And, you know, twenty eighteen going into an election year, I think that's a really exciting thing.
0: Absolutely. You know, and kind of to go off of that a little bit, I would say that my prediction for twenty eighteen is the greater importance of citizen journalism and, yeah, you know, local media and things like that. You know, not the fake news, the Mike Cernoviches right. and all that kind of stuff, the Jack Prilosex and stuff, right. but <laughs> definitely, you know, people that are local to an event being able to kind of network and be able to get stories out. And, you know, with that, I'm looking forward to... You know some of the role that Liquid Flannel is going to play in 2018. So absolutely,
2: yeah. I think one of the one of the crazy things is that like when people say like the media, I think they literally just mean like cable news and like maybe sometimes like broadcast news. Yeah, and right. Hollywood but that, probably.
0: But right. I mean, cable news. They're but, not talking the Associated Press right. or Reuters. No. You know.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Like <laughs> so. bro- broadcast news and stuff is is okay sometimes. Like PBS does a good job, but like cable news, like just all of it is just bad. Like any twenty four hour news network is just gonna be bad because how can you talk about anything except for vapid breaking news nonsense where you don't even know anything just all day long every day.
0: Well, especially when you're obligated to have sponsors and you're obligated to be producing content and content that gets ratings. That's you know, right. So. And also
1: those sponsors are also and sometimes the owners of those networks have <laughs> right. have financial stakes in say uh, the the perpetual war machine, you know, or like net neutrality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: No one's forcing us to put out this content, right? So, <laughs> in fact, they're asking us not to. No, just kidding. so
1: I, I, I don't think anyone can fault us for these predictions, but they also lend themselves sure. to a couple of resolutions. And Chuck, it sounds to me like a resolution that you're making is uh, is some stuff having to do with um, like what what liquid flannel can do on that front. Well, you know, in 2018, I personally would like to
0: take more effort to cover things that are more impactful on the local scene. We This yeah. last year in 2017, we've seen a lot of stories that have come out of Nebraska that have national impact. You know, sure. our senators are in the national news, interacting with the president, the Keystone XL Hit a big milestone, yeah. In in that battle, and I think that there's going to be more of that involved. And I I would like to really kind of be that pulse on that on that local scene. So you know, that's my thing personally. My goal for 2018 is to focus less on whatever the hell Trump is doing. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's to to not get as is absorbed in it to
1: be aware of what's happening. Well, it's self-defeating to not be as absorbed
0: in it. Yeah, it's right. self-defeating
1: yeah. at this point. Like we know that the man is he's exactly what he presents himself to be. And so sure. getting outraged. There should be about no surprises it, to anybody right. anymore. Yeah, exactly. we can't we can't be outraged, just go like, yep, this is what he did today. Here's what I'm doing. So so uh, on yeah. that note, my big resolution for this year is I want to be more involved. I I want to continue to do the the kind of journalism that uh that we're trying to build here and also be more involved with the actual on the ground local politics, you know. Um Yeah. Like I need to cool. I need to get out of my uh Sunday afternoon crappy part-time job work shift so I can like go to a DSA meeting and see what they're about. I'd like to yeah. approach some of the um just who look like pretty amazing people who are running for the House of Representatives here in Texas and trying to turn, you know, uh maybe the Texas State House isn't gonna turn blue uh in this next year, but certainly we could turn a lot more of the congressional seats blue. Well and I think one of the things that was great this
0: year you had brought on Thor to speak with us and he's running
1: in texas so yeah I think i'm gonna have to check back in with him because <laughs> I, I don't know if he ever did get his paperwork filed because i know the deadline oh, just right. passed but
0: <laughs> yeah well i'm sure if he didn't he put out a really dope cd that everyone should check out absolutely but uh you know i think it just released this at the end of this year too
1: yeah that's right the but... new uh the new thor and friends album uh with uh oh, yeah. friend, friend of the show <laughs> right. uh thor harris who's great and maybe we can get him back on in 2018 and. Let us know how the two. Well, maybe, yeah. We definitely are going to get him back
0: on in 2018, but we also need to get more people like him that are interested in running for things, and kind of let them use Liquid Flannel as a platform for
1: that kind of change that we we all want to see. Yeah. So Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. And then uh, on on a personal level, I made I made a couple of other New Year's resolutions, but the one that I'm really going to try to stick to is I've always wanted to build a trebuchet and I I think what the hell is that shit oh it's a it's it's like the counter like a catapult yeah it's the counterweighted catapult where it throws a thing with a sling there's like a counterweight on the end of the arm um I've been looking at plans and I think this is going to be like my spring project to build a a trebuchet that I can carry around in my car and like huck a cantaloupe 300 yards or something the only reason
0: that I don't doubt that 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 any of this is true is because you live in Texas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're they they've legalized uh, open carry for like machetes and stuff, but yeah. I don't think they anyone ever even bothered to make a law about like you know a a medieval siege weapon. Do you have a permit for that? Tra- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so that's going to be my that's that's my resolution for this that year. Bobby this, Boucher. This sort of uh, this hobby. Sort of thing that I've always had floating around in the back of my head. Like, you know, 2018, that sounds like a good year to build, like, a medieval piece of weaponry. Um, It's better than me building a guillotine, which may end up happening in 2019, and I guess we'll see. Right.
2: Well, I guess, um, you know, for my prediction, I think one of the things that we're going to see a lot of in 2018 is the Supreme Court um, taking more of the attention i think they're going to be coming up with a lot of crazy cases yeah they have that like can you refuse to make a cake for a gay couple a wedding cake for a gay couple court case coming up and i also think with trump and congress maybe not doing so many things legislatively that it might be challenging for them a lot of the impact of what people actually see happening is going to be coming from the supreme court and a lot of the decisions about you know lawsuits against trump and things like that that are coming up sure um and you know trump's executive orders and all these court cases that are coming through the system now um that's going to be some really exciting stuff for sure second prediction may be like the end of the world it's like it's one of those <laughs> right. two things is going to happen
1: well and, and on your on your first one you know uh one thing that reasonably could happen in 2018 is a genuine Constitutional crisis where the president is under invest under congressionally sanctioned investigation for high crimes and misdemeanors, you know, impeachable offenses, and he decides that he's just going to disband that entire. You know, these are rumors that have been uh, sweeping around for a little while, so that could be really cool. Me personally, I'm looking forward to uh, when James O'Keefe. Puts on like a fake mustache and gets a fake law degree (laughs) and embeds himself as a law clerk for like Elena Kagan to demonstrate that she's actually, you know, like uh, she's got like a misandrist agenda and wants to like, you know, uh, make makes a joke about how like circumcision should be mandatory. And, you know,
2: (laughs) I think he's going to he's going to go. He's going to start clerking for one of the for uh, Elena Kagan. And he's just gonna like dress really provocatively and see if <laughs> she can sexually harass him, and he could just take him take her out in a sexual harassment scandal. Like it could happen, man. <laughs> That's my prediction. Oh man, <laughs> he's like
0: go. he's a he's he dresses up like a Supreme Court justice, but with like a body like a form fitting body robe or something, <laughs> like walking by her and stuff. They're like, wait. He's like, Oh, you did get that new Supreme
1: Court robe? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. He ends up he ends up looking like a like Dennis Reynolds in that It's Always Sunny episode where he like designs the dress but can't find a model that's busty enough to fill it out. Yeah. So he like glues a couple of like halves of uh, like a foam volleyball onto the top of his his body. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in where
0: Wearing, like, a Supreme Court, like, roller derby outfit to get her, like, all hot bothered. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's going to
2: be interesting. I think – do you guys think that Trump tries to fire Mueller in the next year? Or is he just giving up on that one? I mean, it could happen, man.
1: Well, I don't know. That that New York Times article, the, the interview he just gave, he's like, people, like – you know, even Democrats are saying there's nothing there, and it's like, well, no that's that's not true. like zero Democrats have said that there's <laughs> nothing there in fact, like you you realize that some of your associates are plea bargaining and probably cooperating with the prosecutors here um yeah, right. those were like just low level campaign managers <laughs> right they were, I, we had, they had
2: very little to do right. with anything, yeah, he was just a low level head of the national security yeah he was just,
1: he was a really low level. <laughs> top advisor (laughs) on national security on
2: my cap on my cabinet and campaign (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i feel like he could try to do it if he gets desperate enough but i mean he has to know that i i I feel like uh, even the republicans will have to they can't be down well a lot of them will be okay with it but a lot of people, like Ben Sass is not going to, Ben Sass is going to be like, this guy needs to go. I mean, I think Ben Sass is going to start calling for impeachment. Well, if yeah, I mean, Trump tries to fire Ben,
1: ben Sass is like the, uh, <laughs> not he, so confident. He, ben Ben Sass is like the corn from, from the great state of Nebraska. He blows, he, he, he bends whichever way the wind is blowing, you know, <laughs> like that guy, yeah, that guy's going to exactly. try to, you know, this is my, this is my like, uh, you know, 2022 – or 2024 prediction, right. like, Ben Sass will be on – he'll at least be up for, like, vice president.
2: Right. Well, and I think – yeah, it just goes to show, like, even uh, – we talked about this before the show with Marco Rubio saying, like, man, that tax bill wasn't that great, you know. I wouldn't have voted I, – well, I mean, I did vote for it, but <laughs> I would have – if I had right. a magic yeah. wand, I'd, I would have done it differently. You know,
1: what What surprises me the most about him using that figure of speech is it seems like if that's the way he's going to go, he would have tried to appropriate some of the like hashtag resistances. Like if this were Hogwarts, I would have used my time turner to. <laughs>
2: that's
1: a good that's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and
2: plus, I mean, 2018, like it's going to be the election. We're going to get those amazing election ads. Uh, they've already got that guy who's trying to run in primary, Paul uh, Paul, Ryan, Paul Ryan, who yeah. uh, is literally now on Twitter just being like, I'm not saying I hate the Jews. Oh, yeah, no, he's using the parentheses. But I hate all non-whites <laughs> is, what I, is what I meant to say. Like, just to clarify, and it's like, oh, geez, even Steve Bannon's like, I never, I hate I always hated that guy.
1: Right, Yeah even
0: though that dude was a contributor to bright <laughs> right It's
2: like, like 2 days ago he was like that guy's my best friend i'm behind him 100%
1: <laughs> well okay uh, i that that seems like a a good enough place to to wrap up our our resolutions and predictions um the the end of the year here i do think we need to yeah. give give some thanks to people who helped us out this year i've i've got a whole list i'm just going to go through them real fast okay uh, uh big cool Big shout out to uh, Christopher Zumpsey uh Nestor from Nebraska Antifa, um, Alex at Shitshow.info, our junior St. Louis correspondent. Uh, Kasim Rashid, who uh, we're in talks to get him back on the show at some time before too long. Uh, Mark at Haircut Hippie. Thor Harris, who I need to call and find out, like, did you get that paperwork <laughs> <laughs> filed? Uh, we should work on that. Um <laughs> Aaron Goudreau, who's our uh, our senior Montana ah, yeah. correspondent. Um, Dane Rauschenberg, mm-hmm. the the runner guy who just swears at Republicans on Twitter and it's amazing all the time. Uh John Levitt out in New York City with uh, New York City um DSA. Peter Coffin, uh Daniel O'Farrell, Cooper Brinson, Alexis Biddle, Apollonia Geckner, uh Dr. Pat Ross. Um Mm, and we got to get Pat back. Yeah, absolutely. And That's the, right. And then also, uh, super special thanks to uh, some of our kind of returning correspondents. Um, our good friend Nick glessman who we got to get back yep. on an episode here before too long. Um, our our senior St. Louis correspondent D. Black Rabbit, and our senior Chicago correspondent Megan at the Meme Witch, who um, we're hoping to bring back on the show here real fast. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody. I'd was, like to it was a tremendous I'd year. I'd like to thank Muchas
0: Gracias.
2: I'd like to thank the podcast uh regulators. I'd like to thank Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Our
1: our regulator <laughs> uh who apparently has been off yeah. for the holidays, but um we may see him again. Yeah.
2: I'd like to thank my family. Uh thank you for supporting me mm. uh all of these years. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: all of these
0: years that twenty seventeen was. <laughs> <laughs> You know, definitely thank my family for putting up with me during this. Uh special shout out to uh Brandon and Parker over at Omaha Talks Podcast and uh for collaborating with us and looking forward to big things
1: in twenty eighteen with you. You all. bet. Yeah, so uh in twenty eighteen, you guys um we're gonna keep making the show, right? I, I think uh I think the goal oh, I yeah. think the, the show resolution is to we're going to try to keep bringing you the guests that keep you coming back. Interesting people doing interesting stuff that speak to your interests. And um, we'll keep, you know, kind of messing around with the format a little bit. Do some stuff that's fun. Do some stuff that makes the show even better for you to listen to. And uh, I'm hoping that at some point we can also, uh, you know, do some more of these kind of spin-off uh investigative journalism pieces like the Really tremendous piece that Chuck did on the Keystone XL pipeline and the protests and everything.
0: Yeah, and looking forward to uh, fans reaching out to us and letting us know what they'd like more of. You bet. Um, You know, thank you to the people that have given us comments and looking forward this year. We've got some ideas, including ideas about education and the state of education going forward in the Trump administration. So... You know, we're looking, we're putting together those kind of things and looking forward to doing more types of
1: pieces that mean something to all of you. So, hell yeah. So, uh, you know, as we, as we wrap up the year, you know, we've, we've kind of spread out to different social media platforms, but people know they can engage with us. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. That's right.
0: Uh we are another thing that we're looking forward to maybe doing is having a bigger YouTube presence this year, so but we do have a YouTube you can check us out there yeah
1: we've we've uh, never enjoyed anything more than uh the the quality of YouTube comments, so <laughs> <laughs> right
0: absolutely there is hope though um but yeah, soundcloud iTunes, you can definitely leave us a comment over there. And you let us know what's up over on Twitter individually. You can follow me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan,
1: where can they find you?
2: They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L.
1: And Matt, where are you at? I'm still at MattTheGweight with a W.
0: Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a safe and happy new year. And we look forward to coming back and joining you all. Very shortly in January.
1: Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be (laughs) forgot and never
2: brought
0: to mind? Since few cups and the days of old lands on for old lands on, my dear for
2: old lands We'll take a cup of kindness yet for the sake of old. Song makes evolve. no sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, good because <laughs> I don't know the lyrics anyway. It, it was like the mumble rap of it's not the even 1300s English, hardly. Whatever. No, it's it's old
1: Lang Old means uh, it's like good times or good times with friends or something like that. Here, I can look it up real quick. Uh, <laughs> no, no, thanks. It, I, I'm not trying to learn in 2018.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, we're done. It's done. <laughs>